Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace. Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. Happy President's Day. I hope you all had a wonderful restorative weekend and you are ready to get back at it i'm very excited to be back we've got a great show planned for you we've got some experts coming up who are going to talk about trump's cases that he's currently dealing with and also i do want to go back to because it's still i think one of the biggest stories of the day and that is the news that broke on friday this huge decision that came down from a judge in new york Um, Trump has been fined over $350 million for, and and this is the description from the court, manipulating his net worth. Not just that, but the judge also banned Trump from serving in top roles at his company or any company in New York for three years. So he's ordered to pay $355 million. Tish James, who's been very, she's on cloud nine right now. She said it will be closer to $460 million once you factor in interest, and that could wipe out his entire stockpile of cash. I don't think it's going to come to that, but uh, according to the New York Times, it could wipe out his whole stockpile of cash. Not everyone is Fannie Willis and has you know cash on hand at all times and has been stockpiling it away in multiple safes for their their entire lives. So uh, it's actually interesting because last week I was focused on Fannie Willis's testimony in the disqualification hearing. And can you really blame me for that? I mean, the testimony, not just from Fannie, but from her ex-lover slash special prosecutor, Nathan Wade. It was, oh, and Fannie's father, of course. It was, it was too good to pass up. Grey Goose, Caviar, Cabins, Cash, Belize, tattoo parlors. It was all just A plus as far as entertainment value goes. But I remember reading about that case and hearing how that case in Fulton County, out of all of these cases that Trump is dealing with, it's thought to be the strongest one that the Democrats have to take down Orange Man, to get their great white whale or their great orange whale. Um, And how disappointed Dems were about the fanny factor. That because she essentially, you know, she ruined this for them by misbehaving and how her relationship with Nathan jeopardized the best shot that Dems had at taking down Trump. And when I was reading that, I thought, even take out the Fanny Nathan cruising, you know, gifts, excursions element, this case was the strongest it seemed weak to me on its best day when, when you took out this melodrama soap opera stuff with Fanny and Nathan and Fanny's father and the disastrous hearing. You take that out of it. And I still thought the find the fraud case, even though Trump never said find the fraud, if that's the strongest case that the left has, that doesn't bode well for them. And then over the weekend, I'm reading so much about 
this New York civil case and this fine, this ridiculous fine of $350 million. And then you start to realize how much more absurd all of these cases are. That if, if Fannie Willis was the strongest case they had, then the rest of them are hanging on by the smallest thread possible, the thinnest thread possible. And so you have Letitia James, the New York AG, and as Sean Fleetwood from The Federalist put it, she campaigned on weaponizing the legal system to target Trump. She was not hiding that. You know, maybe 15 years ago, somebody running for office would have hid the fact that their entire purpose or their entire motive was to eventually weaponize the legal system against someone they didn't like. But now we live in such a banana republic, such a crazy time that that was actually a feather in her cap. She was able to say, if you elect me, I'm going to do everything in my power to take down Trump. And it worked. That that was a good campaign strategy for Tish James. And so you have Judge Arthur Giggles Engeron, who, who's been giggling and just, you know, loving this whole case, loving the publicity. And he used a faulty appraisal of Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. That's number one. And did I mention, which I think is the key to this, there's no victims in this case in New York. So Jonathan Turley writes, that makes the damages against Trump greater than the gross national product of some countries. Yet the court admitted that not a single dollar was lost by the banks from these dealings. A victimless crime that is somehow going to cost Donald Trump upwards of $350 million. Now, like I said, do I think that he'll end up paying this? No. And the same thing that I think of E. Jean Carroll, however much that was worth, those those damages, I think the Supreme Court will eventually get their hands on this and sanity and the Constitution and the rule of law will prevail. But Turley also explained, which I think is a, a key factor here, the impact on New York businesses because of a ruling like this and how dire it is going to be, as if the Empire State can afford more businesses fleeing the state. That's what they need right now. They can thank Letitia James and Kathy Hochul and Alvin Bragg, who we're going to get to in a little bit, because by the way, Alvin Bragg downgraded 60% of felony cases to lesser charges last year. So compare that to what's going on. You see the absolute rampant crime that is occurring in New York and people are just being let out forget the next day people are being let out by their next meal by the time lunch rolls around people are being let out and then you have Donald Trump who's getting everything but the kitchen sink thrown at him as a punishment for what it's it's hard to really understand so Hochul is trying to assuage the fears of those businesses by telling them that they're different than Donald Trump like don't worry about it don't worry about the fact that we're weaponizing the justice system against Trump, this big bad business owner. We're not going to treat you the same way. You're different. This isn't about you. This is about Trump. He's an exception. The ends justify the means with Trump so we can do whatever we want. And I'm here to tell you, if you're a business owner in New York or anywhere in this country, they're lying to you. They do not see you as different than Donald Trump. That's something that he's been telling us since the beginning. And I've criticized some things he says, but one thing I always thought was pretty accurate is when he said, they're not after me, they're after you, I'm just in the way. And so if you're somebody who can kind of compartmentalize and put this off in your mind, like, oh yeah, well, it seems like he has a lot of legal issues, but 
it, it wouldn't happen. Well, if they can do it to him, they can probably do it to you too. And I, I want to put focus here on Nikki Haley because, well, to be perfectly honest, I keep forgetting she's in the race. She's very forgettable at this point. There's been so many better news stories to talk about. But I noticed that the way she's dealing with Trump's cases, because she's always being asked about them, they're the dominating headline, is this idea that, oh, Trump's too focused on his cases, on his legal cases. Well, I think we'd all be pretty focused on it if they asked us to pay $350 million for for nothing, or if you were getting accused of sexual assault and the person accusing you couldn't remember, forget the day or the month, couldn't remember the year it occurred. Or if you had Fannie Willis, as one person put it, it the Fannie Willis situation was like a parody of what Republicans feared that hearing would be or that case would turn into. So, yeah, he is focused on those cases, but it's hard to blame him. So Nikki Haley saying things like, oh, he's too focused on these court cases and we need to leave the baggage behind. And to me, for a Republican like Nikki Haley, and you might be saying to yourself, well, that there's your first mistake. She's not a Republican. But for a politician like Nikki Haley to say that is she's whistling past the graveyard. That is the definition of it. Because if you don't understand how these cases against Trump are going to affect not just every Republican candidate, not just every politician, but every American citizen, then you're not paying attention. Picking somebody else like a Nikki Haley, which I don't think is really a risk here, but hypothetically speaking, in hopes that they won't become the next ham sandwich who has the law weaponized against them once it's convenient, that's just naive. It's feeding, it's trying to appease the alligator and hoping it won't come after you. It will. Like Nikki Haley, yeah, you're fine now because you aren't a threat, because no one thinks that you're actually going to win anything. But the biggest story about Nikki Haley today is that her intern sent out a week's worth of tweets in 40 minutes. That's that's as much attention as she, she can't get arrested. And... But let me tell you, if the second they thought she'd be a contender, the media and the Democrats, but I repeat myself, hypothetically, if they thought she was going to be a contender, she'd become Hitler in heels. That, that's what, that would be the narrative. They would turn her into the worst person alive. And so it is important that all conservatives and all Americans focus on these cases and focus on how unfair this is, because it could happen to anybody. And um, we'll talk about this, but Trump fined $350 million on Friday in New York. We're going to discuss, there's also uh, big stories about the Biden crime family. Biden's brother Jim is in the spotlight today, so we will discuss. And so much more. I can't wait to talk to you. It's 844-500-4242. Don't go anywhere. This is The Grace Curley Show. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. I was on WGAN this morning, as I always am on Mondays, and Matt asked me, he asked me who my favorite president was. And I was prepared for it. I knew it was President's Day. I knew that that would probably be the question. And... 
I don't know. Now, now I'm overthinking. I'm like, was it lame that I said George Washington? He's, but he's the OG. How can you not like George Washington? And when I watched the John Adams miniseries, which I know I was like 15 years late on that, when George Washington shows up and starts talking to John Adams, you're like, whoa, that guy was the real deal. He put his money where his mouth is. He loved America. And... I don't know. I liked it. But then Matt said to me, he's a big fan of Calvin Coolidge. And you know what I was able to drop? I was able to drop Howie's favorite quote. The business of America is business. And that's, I, you know, I butcher quotes, Emma. I like uh, Calvin Coolidge's press on. Very good. Very good. But who's your favorite president? You you actually had a uh, surprising choice here. Um, I like Reagan. I think Nixon gets a bad rap. That was the one I was like, oh, OK. Um, I like Lincoln and obviously Donald Trump. Yeah, Lincoln was great, too. And I agree with you. I think Nixon, if Nixon could see what Biden and the Biden crime family is getting away with, which we are going to get into, we're going to talk about AmeriCorps and those corrupt, shady businesses that Biden's brothers get into. I think Nixon would be like, what? What did I get booted out for? What are these people getting away with? It's absolutely insane. By the way, anyone who's been checking out um, Southern California, what's happening there in near San Diego, it is just being overrun right now with illegal aliens. And I saw this headline today. This was from Axios. It says Biden has considered an executive order that would dramatically uh, stop the record flow of migrants into the Southwest. This could even happen in the two weeks before the address, allowing Biden to say he took action while Republicans just talk. So there's talk now there's rumors out there that ahead of the state of the union biden's going to finally do something which by the way we were told over and over and over again what we were told there was nothing he could do his hands are tied he's done everything he can he put forward a comprehensive immigration package and the republicans just don't want to pass it and then peter Ducey said to kjp well you guys had control of congress you had control of the House and the Senate when Biden t- took over the White House. So why didn't you do it then? Well, and then she you now spins and spins and spins. But now they're saying, well, he might take executive action. Well, I thought you couldn't do anything. I thought there was I thought you were a victim of circumstance. And this was all Donald Trump's fault. Now, as we're heading into the next election, suddenly you're going to be able to pull this maneuver just in time for your State of the Union. How convenient for you, Mr. President. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the border crisis and how it's affecting us here in Massachusetts. I don't know if people saw this, but um, there was a report from WBZ of a 12-year-old Boston boy who thought he had baseball practice and only to find out that the facility he typically goes to for practice is being used to house illegal aliens. And that is just one story of many, not only here in Massachusetts, but around the country that you are starting to see. Today's poll question is brought to you by local Silver Mint located in Ware, New Hampshire. Silver Dave will work with you directly. Contact contact him at localsilvermint.com. Emma Foley's on the board for us today. Emma, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question is, do you think Trump's legal battles are helping or hurting his election chances? I think they're helping. I, I, and I know they're helping with Republicans. We've seen that. We've seen that based on the polls. Polls, But I'm starting to think they're helping with independents, too, because I think a lot of people are watching this and they're saying, wait, hold on a second. What is he getting? Char- wait, 
he $350 million for what did he do? Oh, there's no victims, but he's going to have to pay. I just think that even regular people who might not be in the weeds of politics are looking at this and they're seeing the results of the Biden administration and they're going, this is a witch hunt. There's really no way around it. So I think it's helping him. 83% of the audience agrees with you. 17% say it's hurting. All right, now you can go to gracecurleyshow.com to vote in that. Did you see what happened with Nikki Haley's Twitter account? I mentioned it in the opening, but I'm not sure if people saw this. Whoever's in charge, I don't know, maybe she's in charge of her own Twitter account, but probably not an aide. I guess they, they scheduled a bunch of tweets. And you can do that now with the X platform. You can schedule them for the entire week. And something went wrong and they all started going off one after the next after the next after so it was a week's worth of tweets in like 40 minutes now emma you do a lot with our social media if you made this mistake okay let's say an e-blast and then all of a sudden every e-blast for the next year was sent out in a day do you think you'd be getting a, a little bit of pushback do you think you might get a call from howie carr yeah, it would not be good would not be good so i don't know who's in charge of her social media she also posted this which she's getting a, a lot of flack for she wrote, 12 fellas down, one to go. That was her tweet. And everyone was saying, That's, that was phrased weird. That was not what you want to put out. So not a great day for Nikki Haley. But her big argument against Trump at this point is, well, he's too focused on the fact that he has to fight all these legal battles. And so you should choose me. And I just don't think she's making the argument. It's like this path of least resistance choose me and and just hope fingers crossed this won't happen again but it will happen again if democrats get away with this if all of these left-leaning judges get away with destroying this guy and destroying his businesses all because he had the audacity to run for president and win that is not a, a good omen for any of us and that's something that every American should be against, not just Republicans. Uh, 844-500-4242. And by the way, because of this situation in New York, there's going to be a trucker boycott in New York City. There was this woman, she was uh, on News Nation. Her name's Jennifer Hernandez. And this is what she said. She's a trucker. And she said it could shut down New York City. If New York loses just 10% of the trucks going there, their prices are going to skyrocket on everything from milk to eggs to any type of goods that the consumer needs. I was going to make that the poll question and say, is a trucker boycott for Donald Trump in New York a good idea? But I had a feeling based off my audience, it might be 99 to 1. And I wouldn't blame you for that. When we come back, we're going to talk the border crisis. We're going to play some sound for you. And we're going to talk Jim Biden in the news. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everybody. A lot of great texts about this case in New York and this $350 million punishment that Trump is being burdened with. And actually, Tish James said it's going to be closer to, I think, $460 million. Like a lot of people, we'll talk to Mark Salinas at 1 o'clock about this, but I'm pretty sure, I- I'm pretty 
confident that this is not actually going to happen. But 617 says, I haven't heard anyone report who Trump is supposed to pay those millions to. Who is the victim? There is no victim, J.D. There is no victim, but he has to pay this money to somebody. Maybe it's the state of New York. That money will go a long way. I'm sure they could use it for resources. Uh, I'm sure that money will be put to good use. Uh, 619 says, fall in line or we will prosecute you. Yeah, I I think that goes without saying. I think that's what Trump has shown us over the last couple of years. This was from the Wall Street Journal. I like the way they described it. This remedy is like using a hellfire missile to annihilate a shoplifter. Deutsche Bank made money on the loans and its valuation teams gave a haircut to the numbers provided by Mr. Trump. There was no real financial victim. There's your answer, J.D. There was no real financial victim. But, uh, you know, maybe the money will go to Hillary because isn't she the real victim in all of this? Isn't this all a punishment for beating Hillary Clinton? So maybe he should just give her $400 million in cash as a way to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it was your time. And I took it from you. My apologies. Greg, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Greg. Grace, nice to talk to you. You as well, sir. Have you ever considered, have you ever considered the term a bill of attainer? No. As a, good, as a, good, a bill of attainer is something that is expressly forbidden by our historical and constitutional framework. This means that I cannot pass legislation or the promise of legislation specifically to single out in any lane to take the place curly. Okay. What this means is that I can't pass a law that says everything else this is okay for but not for Grace. I can't say Grace, we don't like your show, we're out to get you. I'm gonna run on the promise to get Grace Curly because redheads on the radio are bad juju. Okay? Got it. I can't do that. We're forbidden from doing that. But specifically, as you put it, you know, Letitia Ahab. <clears throat> oh, Greg, you're making good points, but your your connection stinks. We'll, we'll try to get you back a little bit later. I get what you're saying about a bill of attainder and how it's, you know, you can't declare a person guilty of some crime without a trial. But the problem here is that with Trump, it's very easy. Like there's there's some there's a book out there and I'll talk to Howie about it when he comes on in the crossover. But most Americans, they say, commit like six felonies a day or, or something like that. Like if you want to, you can prove or you can make someone into a villain. They say you can indict a ham sandwich. Well, in this case, especially if you're Trump and you've been in the business world, now you've been in politics for decades, they're going to be able to figure out a way to prove you're guilty of something, even if it's not something that typically would warrant, forget 350 million it wouldn't even warrant really a trial in the past if they want to show me the man i'll show you the crime i'm using all of those cliches right now all those expressions but there's a reason we use them and it, because it's true it's like if they want to what did chuck schumer tell donald trump the intelligence agencies have six ways to sunday to get back at you it's not just the intelligence agencies it's the people in charge the people in power the deep state the swamp And this is all happening because he came in and and I I go back to this every every couple months. I go back to this. When Trump was running for president, the big pitch that he was making 
is I can do this because I've had experience in business. I know how things work. Uh, I'm a good negotiator. I wrote the art of the deal. And if you let me go in there, I'll run America like a business and we'll figure things out. And what people like Chuck Schumer, who said the intelligence agencies have six ways to Sunday to get back at you, what people like Nancy Pelosi, who she despises Donald Trump, what people like Joe Biden were banking on is this idea, this fear mongering to the American people that he can't do what we do. He, he, we've been in this for so long. It's like a science that he'll never understand. He's not an expert. You can't just be a regular business guy and come in here and think that you can do what we do. We're such delicate geniuses that there's no way you could understand. In the same way that there's no way the hoi polloi can understand the complexities of COVID and why we need plexiglass and, and uh, six feet to slow the spread in 15 days and all these things. The same way that you can't understand inflation or supply chain crisis problems. They want you to believe that there's no way Donald Trump could ever come in here and understand what we do. And when he showed up and won, he ruined that house of cards. It, it kind of all came falling down and they have not forgiven him and they will not forgive him. And in their minds, the only way to make things right is to punish him, is to show the American people this is what happens when you cross us. This is what happens when you get a little too cute and you think you can be us. You think you can call the shots. You can't. And that's all they're doing right now. That's all they're doing. And there's very few people. Even, you know, I heard Katie Turr. What is she on now? Is she MSNBC? I think she might be MSNBC. I heard Katie Turr saying, is this really fair? And the other legal analysts are sitting there like mouths open. They can't believe she'd even ask that. Is this really fair? Because in their minds, it's like, Katie, this has nothing to do with is it fair? All's fair in love and war. The ends justify the means. You know, we're trying to get Trump. Who cares if it's fair? Even that question, you could tell it like sent their heads spinning. It's pretty amazing to watch. Um, I want to switch gears here just for a second. We'll go back to this. I'm sure people are going to want to talk about it. Like I mentioned, we will be talking about it with Mark Salinas. So we're going to get a, a legal viewpoint on this and he can give us some information. But I wanted to actually shift gears here for a second and talk a little bit about Joe's brother. Not Frank, but Jim. Joe's brother, Jim, because there's a pretty incredible report here from Politico about Jim Biden and what he what he's been up to over the last few decades. Um, Jim Biden, for people who aren't familiar, he's the Biden brother. I, I always think of when I hear Jim Biden, my first thought is nightclub. He ran that nightclub. Seasons change. It wasn't long for this world. It's now defunct. But at one point, he was a nightclub owner. And I was looking at this report from Politico. And I tried to read as much as I could of it this morning, but it's long. It's really long. But honestly, when I was reading it, I think all you kind of need as far as for the purpose of the show, I think the first page does it justice. I think you get a sense. I think you get a sense of how Jim is so much like his brother Joe and his nephew Hunter just from this first page. So I'm going to read this for you. It says Biden's brother used his name to promote a hospital chain. Then it collapsed. 
Jim Biden played a major role in a company called AmeriCorps, which the government has accused of massive Medicare fraud. Now, we've heard of this before. Uh, I think Alex Marlowe wrote a lot about this in Breaking Biden. We had him on the show from Breitbart. But more is coming out, and it turns out the Bidens weren't very forthcoming about Jim's role in AmeriCorps, if you can believe that. The Biden's not telling us the full truth. Funny how that happens. In 2017, a hospital operator set out to build a rural healthcare empire with the help of a Philadelphia area consultant. Philadelphia. Philadelphia always comes in. You're a Philly girl. You're like Jill Biden, Emma. You're a Philly girl. Do you notice there's a lot of a lot of things come back to Philly. All roads lead to Philadelphia. It's an epicenter these days. It is. It is an epicenter. It's an epicenter and it's a place where people are trying to build empires. Doesn't mean it always is successful, but they're trying. The consultant, Jim Biden, had no experience running hospitals. Pish posh. Who cares? Oh, suddenly now you need to create a healthcare empire out of Philadelphia. You need experience in hospitals. He had experience in nightclubs, Politico. You didn't mention that. You don't think those skills translate? But he did understand the federal government and had ties to labor unions. Yeah, he understood the federal government. He understood how corrupt the federal government was and is. Perhaps more important, he was the younger brother of Joe Biden. Yeah, I would say that's the most important part of Jim Biden's career. I would say if you looked at his resume on LinkedIn, that would be the point that he's really trying to drive home. Did I mention who my brother is? Did I mention my big bro is Joey Biden? I'm going to skip around here. It says, for then 67-year-old Jim Biden, the third of four Biden siblings, his ties to his older brother made up much of his pitch as he pursued deals that could help AmeriCorps make money from drug rehab, lab testing, and even cancer treatment. Here's a quote. This is what he wrote to the CEO of a Tampa area company. He said, this would be a perfect platform to expose my brother's team to your protocol. Could provide a great opportunity for some real exposure. The email obtained by Politico from a person close to the company documents one of the many ways in which Jim Biden invoked his brother's name and clout in the course of his work with AmeriCorps, which has since gone bankrupt, wreaking havoc in rural communities in the process. Wreaking havoc. That's Jim Biden for you. 844-500-4242. Jim Biden spoke of plans to give his brother equity in AmeriCorps, according to one former AmeriCorps executive, and install him on its board. He also said that if AmeriCorps could find a winning business model for rural health care, his brother could promote the company in a future presidential campaign. A third former executive told Politico they all wanted to be anonymous for obvious reasons, because if we've learned anything, it's if you tell the truth about the Biden family doesn't tend to uh, go over too well for you. Unlike if you tell the truth or if, if you try to expose any Republican, especially Donald Trump, you are met with undeserved accolades. You're met with book deals and CNN spots and just you have a permanent place as a Trump anti-Trump hero. But people, whistleblowers or leakers, always have to be anonymous when they're talking about the Bidens. Because for whatever reason, they don't get the same treatment. 844 500 This is pretty amazing, though. 
could find a winning business model for Roja. His brother could promote the company. You know what it makes me think of? Think about all the investigations. And, and I know some people are saying, oh, I have Trump fatigue. I'm sorry. It's the biggest thing. All these cases every single day, the amount of money he's being asked to pay, um, it's absurd. And it's hard for me. I try to limit myself to one, can you imagine if this were Trump a day? And I'm going to use it right now. So, Emma, do not allow me to use it again for the rest of the day. But when you think about all the investigations that took place against Donald Trump when he was in office for four years, think about every stone that they looked under. Think about all the blue ribbon commissions, all of the hours and hours of testimony and questioning of Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump and anyone associated with Trump. And think about how they couldn't find anything. They couldn't find anything so much so that the biggest case they have against him is the find the fraud case when he didn't even say find the fraud. And the next biggest case they have is that he overvalued his property or, or whatever his estimates were off. And there's no even victims in that crime, in that supposed crime. And all I'm saying is when you look at Jim Biden and AmeriCorps, if Donald Trump had a brother who was running this kind of operation, can you imagine Can you imagine the media's response to it? And can you imagine the left's response to it in general? It would be all you hear about. And I bet if you talk to a regular Democrat right now on the street and you said to them, Jim Biden, AmeriCorps, or any of that, they'd say, I don't know what you're talking about. But they probably know a lot about Trump and Russia. Probably know a lot of details on that one. Recently, a Grace Curley show listener, Candace, called in and she was telling us how much she loved her thunderstorms. Her furnace was serviced and afterwards the smell of oil was lingering in her home. She turned on the thunderstorms and watched the magic happen. The thunderstorm eliminated the funky odor. But the best part, Candace's husband, who was a non-believer, he was rolling his eyes every time Candace would brag about her thunderstorms. Well, he finally understood what she was talking about. He got it. He said, Candace, you were right. So one of the great parts about the thunderstorm is that it isn't one of those flowery plugins. It doesn't try to cover up smell. It eliminates odors. And that's what you want. There's nothing worse than if you have a funky smell in your house and you plug in something and it tries to put like lavender over a gross smell. Then you get this weird concoction, this monster smell that you don't want. What the thunderstorm does is it's going to totally purify the air so there's no smell at all. You're going to want the three-pack special. This is a great deal. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and check out the three-pack special. It's a great size. doesn't take up any floor space. You can get your hands on it right now. Here's what I want you to do, though. When you go to EdenPureDeals.com, use code GRACE3. That way you get the best deal on the three-pack. That's EdenPureDeals.com, code GRACE, and the number three. We'll be right back. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curly Show. I got to give credit to the text line today because it's a holiday. I wasn't expecting it to be so lit, 
but people are making really good points. And one of one of them is from 617. When it's Biden, they say there is no proof. But when it's Trump and there is no proof, he gets sued for half a billion dollars. Please explain that to me. I'll explain it to you. It's called TDS, Trump Derangement Syndrome, and it's completely taken over the country. And I really thought... I wasn't a believer that, oh, when when Joe Biden showed up as like part of the uh, the adults back in charge. Remember, we heard about how it was the Avengers. It was the best and the brightest. Finally, people who had experience, finally, people who had experience, not just in business, but in government were back in charge. So things would be running smoothly. We've seen how that's happened. Yeah, the proof is in the pudding is in the eating, as Joe Biden would say. How many wars have broken out since all these Avengers showed back up? How many uh, norms have been restored? Too many to count. But when Joe Biden did show up, part of me was thinking, I was so bummed out. I was so bummed. I remember the day sitting at the bridgeway in Hummerock, and I remember seeing Joe and Kamala showing up for something. And I was just like, ugh, I'm going to get four years of these people. They're so obnoxious, these two. Dumb and dumber. But one thing I did think to myself was, at least the people who hate Donald Trump so much, at least they'll cool off. And that part of life might go back to normal. And I'm here to tell you it hasn't. It's only metastasized. Like, people who have Trump derangement syndrome, it's only gotten worse since he left. And I keep making this this pitch to people who are kind of in the middle, who have who haven't lost their minds... Um, but also aren't big fans of Trump. And my pitch would be this. Whether or not he gets elected, he's always going to be the story. You're never going to stop hearing about him. Your neighbor who has like the pink hat and the sign on her lawn, she's never going to get over him. So you might as well have him in office so that your life is actually better when it comes to things that matter and you're safer and the border secure and the economy's better. Because either way, you're going to be hearing about him 24-7. He's going to be in every headline whether he wins or not. So you might as well put him in the White House. Because if he's not in the White House, he's getting blamed for everything that's going wrong when he's not there. But you're not reaping any of the benefits of him actually being there. That's the best pitch I can make to people. Whether you, whether you vote for him or not, he's going to be the story. He's sucking all the oxygen out of the room. So we might as well have him in there. And have our quality of life improve and have things go back to normal like they were four years ago. How's that for normal? The most abnormal thing about when Trump was president, the people would point to if you said, what, what was so abnormal about your life? Like what was making your life it was so hard for you to take? They would say his tweets. Remember the woman who called in? She said, I went to therapy because of his tweets. You know, he's on social media. Shut off your phone. Shut off your phone, go to the grocery store, and enjoy the price of eggs. Worry about that more than his Twitter or his Truth Social. We'll be right back. we got a lot more to discuss, and we'll take your calls. It's Monday. It's President's Day. This is The Grace Curley Show.